You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. So good. How good is it to be in the house of God? We're not shutting our doors. What are you talking about, Gavin Newsom? Anyways, go ahead and give someone a elbow bump, fist bump, and take your seats. And thank you so much, team. So, so good. Hi, live streamers. Ah, I wish you were here, but I'm happy you're watching. All right, is everyone ready? This is the first time I've preached in over six months. I'm like, I think I remember how. Um, so I'm going to start with a funny story. So um, recently, just with everything going on, it's just been somewhat exhausting. Uh, some of us girls decided to take an overnight Temecula trip for like doing wine tasting, have a beautiful dinner, spend the night in a gorgeous hotel, and just relax and leave our babies home with the hubbies. And uh, so... A group of girls, uh, we went out for the night, and we had the best food, the greatest wine, and so much fun with our conversation. Um, and you know, you know how girls, like we all were like crowded in one of our hotel rooms, we were just talking and chatting, and then sure enough, we started talking about some conspiracy theories. <laughs> okay, so, and what I'm finding actually is when people, the people that call things conspiracy usually are trying to, to, to distract us from the actual truth. Because um, what I'm finding is there's a lot of truth to some of these conspiracy theories. But anyway, side note. Uh, so we started with lighthearted conspiracy theories and, whoa, what have you heard about this or that? Or what about the Q? Or what about blah, blah, blah? We're going on and on. And then it went from lighthearted conspiracy theories to like really serious conspiracy theories to then all of us coming up with an emergency escape plan for all of us. So we all figured out how to save all of us if a ca- catastrophe hit San Diego. So just we just throw the photo up there of all these heroes, these mighty, brave warriors. Look how fierce. Don't we look so fierce? Don't we look like we could save the world? I don't know. I mean, we're on a tractor, for gosh sakes. I don't know. But so these ladies, just thank them when you see them because we have a plan. You can go ahead and take the photo down. So this is, seriously, this is what was happening. So we were talking about conspiracy theories, and then we were like, okay, girls, if everything hits the fan and the cell towers go down, our meeting place is a merge ranch. Yes. So just so you know, our meeting point is a merge ranch, but don't you come empty-handed now. So we were talking about everyone needs to get their food, their water, um, their guns, their ammo, and, and of course, the infamous... Toilet paper, okay? So if anything hits the fan, we're all going to Merge Ranch and bring food, water, guns, ammo, and toilet paper. And then we were like, oh my gosh, but we don't even have, we're gonna run out of food so fast. And so we, I was like, I'm gonna text Pastor Charles and Pastor Jeff, and they need to plant avocado and orange trees immediately. Like, because those things take some time to produce. So we need our healthy fats and our vitamin C. And then, and then we were talking about, like, and we can plant gardens. We can live off the land. We all know how to homeschool now, so we could, like, have a school. And, and then Pastor Lisa was like, oh, wait, the wells. The wells aren't drinkable. So we need the wells drinkable, Pastor Jeff and Pastor Charles. And then we're like, we need those tablets that, like, purify water, you know? And, and so then we were thinking about that. And then Pastor Katie, in all seriousness, from Eastlake goes, Girls, we're going to have to get some cattle because I need steak. And we're like, yes, cattle, pigs, pigs and bacon. Yes, yes, yes. So we're like planning. And then Pastor Leanne goes, girls, 
I have an electric car. So depending on my charge, someone's gonna have to pick me up when it runs out on the side of the road. <laughs> and then Pastor Stacy, who's directionally challenged, was like, I will never find this said ranch on my own. <laughs> Like literally, we were having the best time. We were like laughing, kind of planning, funny, but kind of serious. And then all of a sudden though, it took a little bit of a ser more serious term when we started talking about we should all have a go bag. Yeah. Pastor Leanne's like, what's a go bag? Then Pastor Leanne, or Leandra schooled us all on what her go bag is, which apparently you keep right by the door that you can grab when you're in a hurry on the go in a catastrophe. And so I'm like, oh my gosh. Then it got kind of like serious and she, she started to tell us what you need to have in this said go bag. Um, emergency, survival stuff and all these things. And the second we started talking about our go bags, we were like, ooh, this isn't fun anymore. I think we need to change the subject. <laughs> like it got so stressful. But here's the thing, this is what 2020 has done to us. 2020 has started making us think about crazy things. And I just want to say that we, we need to just kind of shift our dish and say, you know what, it is not, we need to like stop 2020 survival kit. I say we need a 2020 thrival kit. We are shifting things. We are not just going to survive 2020. We are going to start thriving in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. So 2020 thrival kit is the title of my message. Okay, but I'm all about being prepared. I'm a planner, so I'm not saying don't be prepared for anything. I mean, John and I have definitely bought more guns and ammo in this season. Um, and so we have lots of guns and ammo, but we would die of starvation and dehydration because <laughs> I don't have any of those things stocked up. So it's like if something actually did happen, I'd be like, I'll trade you some bullets for a burger. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know how it works in a crisis. But anyways, so... The first thing we need in our thrival kit is peace. We are gonna need to get some peace if we're gonna thrive in 2020 instead of just survive. And I'll be the first to admit it's been difficult for me to stay in a place of peace in this season, especially when I have to go in public. So waiting in those unnecessary lines in 98 degree weather, standing six feet apart, following the arrows down the aisle. And if you happen to forget something, they make you keep going around and then you have to go back down the aisle, Trader Joe's calling you out. So like, and then, and then like, God forbid your mask falls off your nose and you start getting like harassed and every Karen comes out of the woodwork and starts yelling at you like you're gonna kill them. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you have one on, relax. And then, and then what if you never wore one at all? Like, uh-oh. So I have been sending John to the store a lot because I just, I, I find, I struggle with keeping my peace out in public. And then, you know, then it's how sad is that? So now we have to eat in parking lots in the heat instead of in these beautiful restaurants with AC. And then I just well, I had an orientation for my kids' uh, charter school, and there was 200 parents, temperature, masks, and I walked in, and the whole uh, auditorium, every chair was six feet apart, and you couldn't even sit by your spouse. And you had to wear a mask the whole time. And it was like the eeriest thing. I, so I sat in the back, so I'm like, I am taking my mask off. So I was like looking at everyone, and I was like, this is creepy. This is creepy. It's like some mind control movie where like, and no one was talking. Cause it's like, you didn't want to like yell to someone six feet away with a mask on. So it was like, we all just sat there like little robots. And I'm like, this is not okay. It's America. This is America. 
Oh, I find myself getting even worked up, like thinking about everything going on. We went into Tilly's to buy our boys some school clothes. I think we were like, there was like one other person in the whole store and they went to go to the dressing rooms and the lady just starts yelling at my boys like, behind the line, stay behind the line. We're like, there's no one else here. And so we're, he's waiting behind the line and she made us stand there until like she sanitized the room and then opened the door and one by one, like we couldn't get near the door. We had to stay behind the line. So if the boys came out to show us their clothes, like I couldn't get close to the dressing room. And I'm like, I'm their mother. We share the same spoons. Like, I was just, ah, I think it's time for a scripture. Okay. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Our Heavenly Father is reminding us that even in times of trouble or times where we we may lean towards being fearful, we don't have to be. We can stay in a place of peace. It's actually supernatural. The Bible talks about a peace that surpasses all understanding. So in layman's terms, what that means is, so it's crazy out there, but we can still have a peace that surpasses understanding. So it's like, so basically it's like, you should be freaking out, but you're not. Peace that surpasses all understanding. So his peace is not like the world's peace. In order to have peace in the world, it has, you have to attain like the absence of chaos, all right? We can, ha- in, in God's peace, we can attain peace even in the midst of chaos. So we can be men and women of peace that can remain in peace despite the storms, despite the circumstances, despite losing the business or the job, despite losing the income, despite mandates, laws being passed, uh, battles that we have to fight. We can actually keep our peace. It's amazing. And haven't we had to fight so many battles in this season? Oh, it's like we're battle weary a little bit. We've had to fight for everything. Like we have to fight to provide for our family, fight to run our own businesses that we built from the ground up, fight to go eat food that we didn't have to make ourselves after waiting in line for 45 minutes at Trader Joe's to buy the food. Everything has been a battle. Every time we open the doors of our church, we engage in a natural battle to potentially be shut down. Everything has been a fight. We've had to fight off a fence. We've had to fight off um, people uh, just leaving. We've had to fight off people that have betrayed us. Crisis is lost. Like it has been a battle. Yet, God, we can stay in a place of peace despite all of those things. Because the Bible tells us if God is for us, who or what can be against us? Ah, the word of God is so encouraging. And he says that God will work out all things together for good. So if it's not good yet, God is not done. And we can find hope in that and we can have peace in that. So I want to give you two practical things that have helped me stay in peace in this season. I'm no, by no means the poster child for peace, but I'm doing somewhat better. Philippians 4, 6 through 8 says this, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, 
whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. There are two keys in this scripture that will help us thrive and stay in peace. The first thing is to pray. The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing, but we especially need to pray when we are feeling anxious or worried. And this scripture says that when we let our requests be made known to God, when we let him know what we are anxious about, the things we are worried about, we actually kind of cast those cares upon him. And now we can go from a place of feeling anxious and worried into a place of peace because we've cast our burdens and requests onto him And we can trust him to know that he is going to work all things together for good, that he hears us. We can trust him that he's working on our behalf to answer those prayers. And so when we know that God is working and we can trust him with our concerns, with our worries, with our anxieties, this is where I will say this always, that peace should be the receipt of our prayers. When you pray, if you actually cast your cares upon the Lord and let your request be known, and you actually trust him to do what he said he will do and to take care of you like he said he would take care of you, then we should have peace after we pray. Peace is the receipt of your prayers. And we know this, James 5.26 says, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Our prayers are powerful and effective. The Greek meaning of effective is active and working. So our prayers are active and working. It's not like they've worked or they, it's going to work. It's, they're working. It's getting worked out. It's working it out. And so when we pray against the virus, we know that our prayers are active and working. When we pray against the evil and wickedness that we see roaming around in the earth, we know our prayers are active and working. When we pray against the control that is demonic, that is being outworked through our uh, government officials, we can pray knowing our prayers are active and working. When we lay in bed at night, and this is what I have had to do in this season, I've had, it's really, it's it's a daunting thing to try to think you can pastor 2,500 people in six months in a crisis when we're social isolating. And I know that's not not my burden to carry, but as a pastor, as a shepherd, I feel for you. I want to be together. I want to encourage you. I, I, I want to know that you're doing okay, that you're staying in peace. And so I would lay in bed at night and every, I, I would, it would, I'd be up for a couple hours sometimes, just everything that was worrying me, I just, every, I would just go through one by one and just give my requests to God, my worries, my concerns. And one by one, I would find that peace that surpasses all understanding would wash over me and I would eventually be able to go to sleep. Prayer works. Prayer works. It is active and it is working. The second part of that verse, it says meditate on the right things so we can have peace. So in this season of lockdowns and COVID and craziness and tensions, again, I'll be the first to admit that I became a little bit out of balance with the things I was meditating on. I had made, I guess I could say, the mistake of mentioning on a prayer and coffee session, Pastor John and I did that I love like a good conspiracy video. So then everyone and their mothers started like forwarding me all their conspiracy videos. And so I would go on walks and I would like extend my walk by another 60 minutes, just like a slow little troll because I just wanted to watch another conspiracy video. And so I was filling my mind with these conspiracy videos, some of which are true, by the way. I'm not discounting, not discounting. Um, so, um, so that, and then like the social media and watching the media clips of all the horrendous violence and anger and rage that's being outworked in America right now, like my heart was getting so heavy, so anxious. And I remember telling John, I just said, I don't feel like it should be this hard to keep my peace. 
because I was just losing my peace continually and I had to fight so hard to get it back. And I realized I was making it hard for myself because of, I was consuming and meditating on the wrong things. So I had to work so much harder to keep my peace because I was filling my mind with things that were not lovely, like the Bible tells us. So if we want to have peace in our lives, we have to start meditating on the right things that tells us in Philippians, the things that are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, things that have a good report, virtuous things, praiseworthy things, the Word of God. So I was not meditating on lovely things. I should be dabbling to get information just so I'm aware, dabbling here, but meditating on the things that are true, good, lovely, good report, all of that. And I found it was so much easier at the end of the day to go to sleep. I had so much more peace in my life when I started to cut out those things and gain more balance on the things that I was really putting in front of my eyes. So to thrive, we need to stay in peace by praying and meditating on the right things. Amen? Amen. The second thing in the Thrival Kit for 2020 is, it's a big deal, people, laughter. Yay! The simple yet powerful act of laughter. So Proverbs 17.22 says, A merry heart, laughter, does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. There is so much seriousness in the world right now, and I don't want to make light of it at all. But being consumed with the heaviness of the things that are going on, it will literally crush you emotionally, spiritually, physically. So I think it's time we have a little more laughter. It's like a good medicine. We need to laugh more. We need to shake off some of this seriousness. Do you know there's actually medical benefits of laughter? I'm going to read some to you. So, it enhances your intake of oxygen-rich air, stimulates your heart, lungs, and muscles, and increases the endorphins that are released by your brain. It can increase, then decrease your heart rate and blood pressure, the result, a good, relaxed feeling. Laughter can also stimulate circulation and aid muscle relaxation. It improves your immune system releases neuropeptides that help fight stress and more serious illnesses. Laughter can ease pain by causing the body to produce its own natural painkillers. What? Laughter can help lessen your depression and anxiety and make you feel happier. And I know it's not all about a feeling. Pastor, you're going to preach a brilliant message on joy that is lasting no matter what the circumstances are. But laughter does the heart good. So I think we need to give it a try. So I think everyone, even if you don't like me, put little corners up on the side here. Everybody smile. Smile. Okay. So even if it's going to be totally fake and forced, just try laughing. Like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is so crazy. We look like a bunch of weirdos. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. <sighs> I know. I know. Don't you feel better? It's like the natural wonder of laughing working. So you know that song that says, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, then your face will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Now, I love my friend Pastor Drew's version of this song, which is, if you're happy and you know it, tell your face. If you're happy and you know it, tell your face. 
If you're happy and you know it, then your face will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, tell your face. We need to turn our frowns upside down. We need to smile more. We need to laugh more. Oh, sometimes when I'm really grumpy, which does happen, John will be like, babe, wouldn't kill you to smile. And I'm like, Ugh. so depending on how grumpy I am, if I'm like super grumpy, it doesn't really work. Eventually I'll pull myself out. But if, if, if I'm like, like just like moderately grumpy and he tells me that, I usually start like laughing and smile and it makes you feel better. Oh. So the thing I realized with lockdown, shutdown, social distancing, not being able to go to restaurants with friends and things like that, it has robbed us of opportunities of laughter. You rarely find in isolation on your own, you're just laughing hysterically to yourself. Like you would question one's mental stability, correct? No, you laugh, you have fun, you're joking around when you're with friends, sharing a meal, having a glass of wine, playing fun card games. Well, unless you're a competitive person, then card games make you mad if you lose. But for the majority of us, it's fun to play games and laugh. So it could be that if you're a little down, a little depressed, it could be because you've isolated yourself and you haven't given yourself opportunities to laugh. And I think we have to be really intentional about re-engaging and reconnecting because in almost six months, we've gotten really used to just staying home. We've gotten used to not going to church. We've got used to not going out to restaurants. And it's like we've kind of become comfortable in this new normal, which we do not accept, by the way. So we need to be really intentional to re-engage in community, to re-engage in relationships with friendship and give ourselves opportunity to just shake off some of the stress and to laugh. And I also think it is definitely time that we smash any fear that is keeping us from community, from relationships, from socializing and from laughter. We've got to smash that fear and it's a spirit and we need to cast it out. God does not want you to live with the spirit of fear. He didn't give it to you. You've got to get rid of that fear. So I am just praying. I know it's been a weighty season for so many of us. And, and for a lot of us, we haven't laughed in a while. Like, it's like we're too heavy to laugh. We're, it's like our, our frown almost physically can't turn upside down because we're just so heavy. So I just pray, one of my prayers for this message is that we would just be reminded of how essential how essential community is, how essential relationships are, and how essential it is to have joy and laughter and fun in our lives. Amen? Amen. Amen. The third thing we need in our Thrival Kit is to have a kingdom mindset. A kingdom mindset. We have to remember that we are kingdom people with kingdom promises. We are kingdom people with kingdom promises. So we cannot allow ourselves to get caught up in the world with what the world is saying, what the world is doing, with the agendas and the movements that are not of the kingdom, but of this world. And I think before we align ourselves with anyone or anything or any movement, we need to know where they align. Do they align with the word of God or are they align with the world? And as believers especially, we best know where they align before we jump on that bandwagon. We are kingdom. We are kingdom people with a kingdom mindset. And we also cannot afford to believe things about ourselves, our circumstances, our situation that do not align with the word of God. 
we cannot allow ourselves to be hopeless. Because in the kingdom, it says that God has a future and a hope for us. The kingdom is hope. We are kingdom people with kingdom promises and the kingdom has hope. We cannot have a belief system that, that we are less than, not equal to, or superior to anybody else. The kingdom says we are all created in the image of God. Genesis 1:27. And there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. We are all one. We are one in Christ Jesus. John 13, 16 tells us that. And we may not be able to fix the belief system that is out in the world. We may not be able to fully make that better, but what we can do, we can get it right in here, in the church. We can do things right in here. We can model to the world what it truly looks like to be one in Christ Jesus. There are not different races. We are the human race. We are the human race. We're all kingdom. We all have the same heavenly father and the world's gonna know Jesus because of our love for one another. We are kingdom. We are kingdom. We cannot adopt an attitude of defeat. And I know I don't wanna say that flippantly because I know some of us have lost so much in this season, businesses and finances and family members and all, but we cannot adopt an attitude of defeat because the Bible says in the kingdom, we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. So I am praying that if you came in here feeling defeated, you would realize today that you are more than a conqueror and you are kingdom and you have promises that are for you. God is for you. We cannot adopt the attitude of lack or poverty because the kingdom says in the Bible, I pray that you may prosper in all things, that you, every one of you, you're not excluded. Three John 1, 2. And that God gives us power to get wealth so that you can establish his covenant in the earth. God gives you power, every single one of you. Deuteronomy 8, 18. Kingdom says, I want you to have more than enough, more than enough so that you can give to every good work. He wants you to have more than enough so that you can give to every good work, 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And that he wants to pour out so much blessing on you. There's not room enough to receive it, Malachi 3:10. His kingdom is full of favor and blessing, overflowing and abundance. And it does not matter where you grew up, whose family you were born into, what side of the track you were raised on. We are kingdom. And once you become born again into the family of God, you are a kingdom person with kingdom promises. And all of those scriptures I just read are for you. And you are entitled to those things as kingdom people. There are no excuses in the kingdom mindset. We cannot live but with excuses because like I said, we had the same heavenly father. We all have the same promises. We all live under the same open heaven. We cannot have excuses and be kingdom. I want us to remove any limiting mindsets, any worldly belief systems or any inferior thoughts that we have about ourselves, our life, our business, our work, our family. You are kingdom and God is for you. He is not against you. The world is against you, but God will never be against you. What can man do to you? Who or what can be against you if God is for you? 
God is for you. God is for you. I'd love if everyone would just stand to their feet. We are kingdom people. We live in the realm of all things are possible with God. That's the realm we live in as kingdom people. I just want anyone in here uh, if that has maybe got a little down with and it's, oh, oh, any of the points in the message. You've, you've uh, struggled keeping your peace or maybe you've lost your smile. It's been a while since you've laughed. Or maybe you realize today that you forgot that you were kingdom and you started accepting the circumstances the world was dishing out to you. If anything resonated with you today, can you just lift your hand? I just wanna pray over everyone in here and those watching online as well. Just lift your hand so I know I'm praying for. God, I thank you for every single person under the sound of my voice. God, I thank you that today, God, that their smile is gonna be returning. Lord, I thank you, God, that joy is gonna rest in their hearts. Lord, I declare right now that the joy of the Lord is their strength and in his presence is where they're gonna find that fullness of joy. So Lord, I thank you right now. It's gonna be a joy and a laughter that it's unshakable is surrounding them, God, but it's gonna live within them, God. I thank you right now, Father, you are filling each one, each heart and every mind with the peace that surpasses all understanding. I declare right now in the mighty name of Jesus that every voice of fear is cut off. Every voice of fear is silenced in Jesus' name. And I release the peace of God to wash over every heart and mind. That's supernatural peace. God, I thank you for it. Lord, and I thank you, God, for the reminder that we are kingdom today, that we are kingdom people with kingdom promises. And Lord, I pray right now, any unhealthy mindset or worldly mindset or belief system that does not align with your word, with your kingdom, we declare right now that those voices are silenced in their lives. And we thank you, God, that you are reminding them, you are pouring out your spirit on them today. God, that they would know that they are kingdom, that all things are possible with you. Father God, that you are for them, that you are not against them. That you are gonna make a way where there seems to be no way. God, that you are gonna make a stream in the wilderness for them. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you that you are encouraging every heart. God, that today, as when they leave this place, God, their hearts would be filled with joy, that this smile would be back on their face. God, and they would go in strength knowing that you are with them. Lord, I just wanna pray for those who have never surrendered their life to you, entered into the family of God, the kingdom of God. If you're in here today, and you have never surrendered your life to Jesus, and you know you need to do that. You wanna become a part of the kingdom so these promises can be for you as well. So you can be forgiven of your sins, you can have a fresh start. I'd love to pray for you. So if that's you in here today, can you just lift your hand up nice and high so I can see it? You need to connect with Jesus today. I see your hand right there. Yes, I see your hand up the back. And right here, beautiful. Thank you, Lord. Who else am I waiting on today? You need to surrender your life to Jesus. So proud of you at the back. Thank you, Lord. We're gonna pray a prayer together and I would love everyone in the room to pray with me and especially those that lifted your hand. Can you just repeat after me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to the cross to die in my place, to forgive me of my sins. Today I declare that I am washed clean, that I've been given a fresh start. And today I declare that I am kingdom, that I have kingdom promises. 
and you are gonna make a way even when there seems to be no way. I thank you for loving me, for setting me free, for filling me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's give God a huge shout of praise. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.